This is Brad Milkey of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. Zimbabwe. The broken Bunsen burner burns so bright. South. Jamie. Southeast Asian Peninsula. Hey, hey, Jamie. Yes. I think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big. Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Warrior star Clay Thompson is out for the 2021 season with a torn Achilles tendon, but in his absence, two-time MVP Steph Curry has stepped up in a big way. Curry sits near the top of the league in points scored and three-pointers made and set a new personal best with 62 points in a single game. This ABC Sports update was brought to you by Progressive, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. We are joined today by Dr. Amrish Satwik, who, apart from being a vascular surgeon, has also um, also writes columns. And recently, he wrote a piece uh, for his neighbors about how to handle COVID-19. But it struck a chord, um, like a lot of things do on WhatsApp. It spread uh, far and wide and has struck a chord with many because it talks about just how serious it is and how careful we all should be. Dr. Satvik, thank you so much for speaking with Hindustan Times. I thank should you. point out that as we are speaking right now, you work for a hospital which has become the center of a major fight for the Delhi government. Um, you work for Sir Gangaram Hospital and as we speak, your hospital, even though it's a COVID-19 hospital, has been barred from doing any COVID tests and also now is at the center of a criminal investigation. They filed an FIR against you. Now, as someone who works there, Dr. Satvik, can you tell us what that's like? So if you were to evaluate why the FIR has been filed, uh, it's because we were not uploading data onto an RT-PCR app, okay? And which doesn't mean that information was not being passed on. In fact, all the details of the COVID testing that were being carried out in Gangaram Hospital were being entered into an IDSP portal, which is the Integrated Disease Surveillance Portal, and submitted to the Delhi government. In fact, this has been acknowledged by the issuing authority in the FIR and the show cause notice. So it, along with the Aadhaar numbers and the contact numbers of the patient. So it's not a matter of uh, that we are not delinquent in non-transmission of details and it's not that uh, it was withheld, but just that it wasn't being uploaded onto an app. And uh, I don't know how much of an egregious offense that is not to upload it onto an app. I'm sure it's highly admirable to have paperless uh, transmission of data, but if it merits an FIR is a completely different matter, and the matter is being contested as we speak. You know, uh, it's, it's this intransigence 
is creating a lot of problems for us. It's highly injurious. And allow me to point out that there are many labs in the country that are not using the app, okay? But ours is the only hospital uh, which has been, uh, you know, dragged through this in this manner, and an FIR has been filed, which means that there's been a criminal offense committed. So this seems spiteful on the face of it. But uh, what happened is that because we are a designated COVID facility, we are admitting patients and we have no means of testing them. I'll give you an example. Uh, let's say we do a cesarean section in our hospital on a COVID positive patient, okay? And the neonate that is born, the child that's born, has meconium aspiration, has to be taken to the neonatal ICU. Now, currently, we are not even allowed to collect a sample for COVID testing from this uh, infant. And this infant is being then conveyed to the neonatal ICU, perhaps put on a ventilator. You are threatening and jeopardizing the lives of all the neonates who are in the neonatal ICU on account of this. So I think this kind of intransigence, this kind of impedance and intrusion is highly injurious, not just to the hospital, but to the patients who are admitted in the hospital. And I can't see any way out of it unless they immediately decide to restore our COVID testing status. So this example that you give us, it's it's actually quite illustrative, but you talk about the kind of danger to other patients and other babies who would be there at the neonatal unit. But I'm I'm assuming that it's also very dangerous for healthcare workers like yourself because you don't know exactly. So does that mean all of you then look at every patient who comes in there as someone who is COVID positive? So we've started doing that, but uh, I'll tell you about, as of now, 313 of my colleagues, healthcare workers from Gangaram Hospital, have been affected by COVID. We're working wow. with this 313. This includes doctors, nursing staff, technicians, ward boys, sweepers, all, my, all our colleagues. 313, 100 of their dependents are infected with COVID. My okay? God. We're working with a severely depleted workforce, and most of them, were infected when they were tending to asymptomatic patients, patients who were admitted for other reasons. And subsequently, it was found that they're COVID positive because the incidence of uh, positivity in asymptomatic cases is, is quite dramatically high in this city right now. So I'm saying that uh, it is, in, in fact, extremely risky to work in such an environment. But more importantly, uh, it's our fundamental responsibility to, to prevent intramural transmission of infection. What well, that means is cross-infection, patients who are admitted for other reasons, perhaps for other med medical ailments, for dialysis, for chemotherapy, for surgical procedures, if you don't have any awareness of their COVID status, it's possible that an asymptomatic COVID patient might be admitted there and might end up infecting a whole bunch of others. It's also because COVID designated COVID areas and COVID-free areas have to be structurally separated there has to be a cordon sanitaire around the COVID areas. There has to be a green room between them where you can don and doff PPEs. So you need to carry out structural and topographic changes in hospitals. You have to break down walls. You have to make sure that air handling units are compatible, COVID compliant. You need at least 12 air circulations in an hour for an area to be COVID compliant. You just can't announce suddenly that, you know, give us 80% of your beds uh, for COVID. There needs to be very careful consideration in these matters and, and deliberation and consultation with private hospitals to instead let them know of, what to expect. Instead of just ordering them. So your That's hospital right. is now a total COVID-19 hospital. Have you been successful 
in doing that? I mean, is it operating uh, uh, as that? No, we're not a total COVID-19 hospital. 80% of our beds, we've been asked to convert them to COVID beds. Uh, what happens is that Gangaram is a complex of hospitals. There are three hospitals that constitute Sir Gangaram Hospital. Uh, there's Gangaram Colmer Hospital and Gangaram City Hospital, which are outside the main complex of uh, Gangaram Hospital. And these two hospitals were converted into dedicated COVID facilities early on. In fact, we were the first private hospital uh, to start accepting COVID patients very early on in the course of the epidemic. And this is when we gave about 50-odd beds in Gangaram Colmer Hospital and converted that into a COVID facility. Then the government said, no, we require more beds. So we gave about 120 beds from Gangaram City Hospital. And it took us 15 days to convert Gangaram City Hospital into... Uh, into That's a Rajinder Nagar one. Yeah, all of them are Rajinder Nagar. They're about a okay. kilometer away from okay. Uh, okay. Gangaram, yeah, from the main complex. And subsequent to that, so it took us about 15 days to convert City Hospital into a COVID-compliant facility. Subsequent to that, they said, no, we need more beds. So they asked for 20% of beds in the main Gangaram hospital uh, to be converted into COVID beds. We've done that. And then about four days back, there's an order passed at 10 p.m. at night saying, now we want 80% of your beds to be converted to COVID beds. Now, you have to understand that Gangaram is a very busy tertiary referral institute, okay? Pre-COVID times, we were functioning at 140% occupancy. It's a center of excellence. A lot of people come there for a variety of reasons. We are one of the finest physicians and surgeons in Gangaram. We'd be betraying a lot of our patients if we don't have beds for them, for, for ailments that don't uh, fit under the category of COVID. So this has to be done very carefully. And of course, you have to discuss these things with uh, with the management of private hospitals before you start ordering them to convert their facilities into COVID facilities. So why do you think they're doing this? Is it because of the fact that the numbers are rising in a much faster pace than was previously anticipated, that we are seeing almost 11,000 new cases nationwide, that the number of deaths is also increasing? We're not seeing the peak just yet. We're only going towards the peak. Is it is it panic stations? That's what's happening? Yes, I, I would believe that, but I'm, I'm not equipped to answer that. Uh, uh, it's clearly uh, for everyone to see where this is headed. And uh, uh, I think, if, in my opinion, we did not utilize the 60 days, 70 days of lockdown to ramp up state capacity in creating pets. What happened was, I think most government hospitals were just evacuated, that patients were uh, sent uh, to other hospitals, and these hospitals were then converted into COVID hospitals. But that's just evacuating patients and creating existing infrastructure into COVID hospitals. You need to create new infrastructure. You need to ramp up capacity. That hasn't happened. And I think in, in that sense, the lockdown was a complete failure because we, we didn't really ramp up capacity in a manner that was... Uh, that should have been anticipated, and which is why you now have these diktats being passed about private hospitals suddenly being asked to dedicate about 80% of their beds to treating COVID patients. Dr. Sadvik, I have to ask you, we are now, you know, because before it was just numbers, I think, you know, in, in a news organization, we are now getting anecdotally realizing the extent of the problem as well, because now all of us know people who have COVID-19, we're seeing 
uh, every day our newsroom gets lots of stories about people finding it very difficult to get hospital beds um and 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 the fact that they feel that you know the the capacity and the kind of infrastructure may be uh, inadequate can you tell us as a physician as a doctor and as someone who knows people who are working in other hospitals as well we're dealing with covid is that backed up by instances that you see around is that your assessment as well that right now it's it's we're not equipped that people are finding it very difficult to match up the infrastructure and the logistics yes i think we're not even in the on the steep bit of the ascending arm of the peak and if you're working to breaking point at you know at, at this point then i i shudder to think where this is headed uh, clearly most hospitals are when are running to full capacity the only beds that are available seem to be available in government hospitals uh, and that's largely because uh, people tend to prefer coming to private hospitals rather than going to government hospitals that shouldn't be the case but that's what's happening uh, you know a couple of practical problems that uh, one has to realize is that let's say the app says that 10 beds are available in gangaram hospital at this point you talk about all the app uh, the app that shows the number of beds available in, right. in real time right so uh, let's say for instance i'm just trying to explain this to you let's say it says about 10 beds are available in gangaram hospital at this point we have no idea how many people are seeing that app right now so let's say 100 people show up at gangaram you know looking at that app and saying 10 beds are available it creates a crisis and you've got to have just allocation of of available resources so there's got to be triage that happens you can't there's there isn't an inexhaustible supply of beds anywhere there isn't an inexhaustible supply of beds in the holding area or manpower and as i've explained that uh you know we're we're badly stretched because we're working with a depleted workforce if you keep asking us to increase beds to treat covid where are the specialists going to come from you can't ask an orthopedician or uh, an obstetrician or a vascular surgeon such as me because we are not trained in critical care medicine or pulmonary medicine to start treating covid so where is where's the the manpower going to come from uh, all of these things need to be factored in when you're dealing with this and as regards icu capacity uh, you know it's essential for any hospital to keep at least 15 to 20% of the icu beds with ventilator available in case the patients admitted in that hospital deteriorate okay let's say someone's admitted and is currently on high flow oxygen isn't on a ventilator but is likely that might be going on to the ventilator in a couple of days you need to reserve about 10 to 15% or 20% of the beds for in house patients in case they deteriorate if we start accepting very sick patients on the ventilator from other hospitals and filling up all beds then in case patients in our hospital start deteriorating which they will there is a significant fraction of admitted patients on high flow oxygen who are likely to deteriorate that is the cause of the disease so where are you going to accommodate them so i think it's it's important to to understand that uh when uh when it's being said that beds are not available it's not because doctors are vile degenerate creatures who are just refusing patients who are dying at their doorstep there's there's probably a good reason why a bed is not available and i think that should be communicated final question i mean i could ask you lots of questions but i you know at the course of interview uh, i just wanted to ask you 
the final thing that has become very contentious right now is the fact that you can't, uh, the Delhi government's also said that you can't let in people from outside. Uh, so are you all having to, ha having to also now establish where a person comes from before you admit them? I mean, has that become another added headache or is that seamless? Yes. Not just that, I'd like to say that there's an order passed by the Delhi government that a senior nursing officer, a Sarkari nursing officer, will have to be uh, stationed in every private hospital. Consider the meaning of this and how Kafkaesque this is. A senior nursing officer from the Delhi government will be stationed in every hospital. And all admissions will, be, will require a sort of clearance from this nursing officer. Now, triage is a clinical decision. There can be no extraneous intrusion or interference in triage. Can you uh, explain triage, triage for all of us? Triage who... would mean a, a sorting procedure about which, which patients require admission, which patients might require oxygenation, which patients are likely to deteriorate. You can't follow a piece of paper as regards triage. This is a clinical decision which prioritizes uh, based on merit, who requires admission and who doesn't require admission. If you, if you try and bring in uh, a bureaucratic, uh, you know, intrusion here, which is that you require clearance from a nursing home, I would have understood if a, someone who spe specializes in critical care medicine would have been stationed. If you have to do something like that, you have to be authoritarian, at least you get experts in. You can't have a senior nursing officer deciding and perhaps ruling out, uh, you know, uh, specialists in the emergency room but who merits admission and who doesn't, based on a piece of paper issued by the government. You know, uh, as regards patients from outside of Delhi not being given admission, look, even for matters of filing income tax, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Delhi NCR is considered as one territory. But here, NCR is not considered as a territory. I can safely say 30% of the people who work in Gangaram come from Noida, Gurgaon, Greater Noida, Sonipat, you know, some of our technical staff, our you know, nursing staff comes from these areas. These patients come to Gangaram, can treat patients in Gangaram hospital, but are not entitled to be treated for COVID in Gangaram. This is how Kafkaesque has become. You know, it's, it's very unfortunate and there needs to be some uh, course correction here. Kafkaesque, I think that captures it really well. Finally, I, want, I always want to end on a bright note. Is the bright note the fact that, you know, maybe because of the BCG vaccine or whatever, that yes, the numbers are rising very, very rapidly. But most of us, I know you said that, you know, we should all prepare for most of us getting infected. So are most of us going to be okay? <laughs> yes, yes. Most of us are going to be all right. Most of us wouldn't even warrant an admission. And in fact, you know, uh, I'd say that if uh, if you're if you're even asymptomatic and you're, you've been a contact of a lab-confirmed case, uh, because the government is headed in that direction, that I don't think you'll be even if you're a contact of a lab-confirmed case and you're asymptomatic, and that's fine, because with a period of quarantine, uh, you'll be all right. Uh, I think about 80 to 85 percent of people will be perfectly fine and will get out of this unscathed. 80 to 85 percent. That means you think that. Right now, they're saying only 3% people are dying. That you expect to increase. You know, uh, if you follow uh, the line of argument uh, 
that's been issued by Professor Sunitra Gupta from Oxford, who seems to believe that the case fatality rate is actually very, very low. You know, the case fatality rate will always be a factor of the number of positive infections. That is always going to depend on the number of patients you're testing. Okay, so the more you test, the more positives you will get. And, and on account of that, the case fatality is actually going to fall. Yeah. So I'd say on a realistic level, the case fatality might even be 0.5% or 1%. But the trouble here is that the denominator is very large. You know, the, the combined population of Delhi NCR is four and a half crore. If everybody starts falling sick at the same time, then uh, even if you say 5% of patients required ICU admissions or, you know, admissions in high density units, that's a lot of people. We don't have those many beds. So I think, which is why I said that behaviorally, you must assume that lockdown is still underway. You shouldn't get out for inessential activities. Only get out if you have to earn a livelihood. Otherwise, you're safest when confined to your homes. Dr. Sattvik, thank you so much. We are, I don't know if people feel cheerful after hearing you speak. I guess not, but we do feel like we know a lot more. Thanks so much for speaking to him this sometimes. Bye. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.